This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Won't Back Down with Will Levinson, Jake Lehman, and Sam Potosa. Hey, you. It's been a while. We're back. It's the Won't Back Down podcast with Sam Potosa, Jake Lehman, and Big Will Levinson. And it is officially allergy season in Gainesville, schwitzing oh, yes. season, oh, yes. and swamp ass season. It is hot as fuck, guys. It's hot as balls. It's hot as balls. <laughs> it's it's so like, it went from being in the 40s to the 80s within a week. I'm currently sweating profusely. I like the heat. I like the warmth. I'm a, big, I'm a South Florida guy. We're all flow kids. Loving this heat. But these allergies, man, these G's, they're, they're, they're hitting me hard. No, no. It's my, bad. It's I give bad. it about, like, three days until I start crying every time I start walking outside it's, because it's of whole, the pollen in my eyes. It's, I just, it's, 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 the pollen count at the moment is 9.5 in Gainesville. The pollen count tomorrow is going to be 11.5. The pollen count scale goes up to 12. And not to mention it's it's 66% bad. humidity. It's terrible. Wow. It's terrible. Gainesville, Florida. It's a swamp. It's a swamp. It's, it's a swamp. swamp. It's Only gators can get out alive. Only gators get out alive, and we're going to do that, and we won't back down in this heat. And, and speaking allergic. of a gator who got out of alive, Todd Grantham's name is circulating in the news, everybody. Roll he is going time. to – there's rumors that Todd Grantham is going to the Not Nick Saban School of Coaching. It pretty substantiated it's, at this point. Uh, their SB Nation site, Blue Check, Blue Check. reported it. And so maybe he's taking the Charles Charlie Strong's role because he, he he went to Miami. I don't know, but yeah, he did. Yeah, revitalize your career. Wow. Go go to St. Nick. Yeah, smart. it's a very smart, smart move. I smart. think it's the only move. Yeah, I'm no. more surprised Dan hasn't yeah, done yeah, it yet. I, I, yeah, Dan Dan should. They're gonna need a head coach eventually when Saban retires. So. I think Dan has too big of an ego to do it though. Yeah, yeah, the best move for Dan to, is undeniably to me OC at Bama. OC? I mean, Bill O'Brien is not leaving though. Yeah, but like I would rather have Dan Mullen as an OC. Oh, Bill O'Brien took the national championship this year. Even though I, I am on record some... saying that Bill O'Brien is single-handedly ruining the Alabama football program, and I will die on that hill because I think he's. I just think, I, yeah, I think they would they would be even better if they had Dan Mullen than. Bill oh yeah, O'Brien. I mean Mullen would be a great offensive coordinator, but he needs to recruit if he's a position coach too. That's really important. That's not going to happen. That's the problem. Yeah. Just put him in the league, man. He's scare he's, away all the good kids, he's man. An he's almost scared guy. away Tebow. Saban, Saban just Saban go to the league. Go to the league and be a QB coach. So do we? We don't know what what role Grantham's going to have at Bama, right? It's probably just like defensive analyst, maybe quality control coach. Yeah, doubtful. It's not going to be on field assistant that way, but no. uh, he'll, he'll he'll be in the analyst army. But that, for sure. that's, that's just one of those things where it's like our staff sucked last year, man. Like there was just like our. Like, I mean, Dan's. I guess he's in TV now, but like all, like nobody's going anywhere like important. Uh yeah, no, it's they're just, all. I mean, Christian Robinson went to Auburn, but that's a train wreck right now. And Christian Robinson was undeniably the the best and had the most potential on the staff. I would not. Brewster didn't have the most potential because he was older, but I think Brewster was the best. Okay, okay, fair enough. The best on the staff, but I thought C Rob. Had the most potential, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he, keep in mind, C. Rob ju- came to us as a graduate assistant from Georgia, right? And look at the strides he's made. He's a he was in running to be the defensive coordinator if Dan stayed. 
But right. that didn't end up happening. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, it's a good thing. Imagine if, good Dan, thing. If, if we were sitting here right now, Dan Mullen is still the head coach, and Christian Robinson was our DC. Dude, I'm getting antsy. I'm really, like, sick of, like, Barstool UF and all these casuals, like, fornicating over Billy. I just want to see them play. I think I, I would I just want to see them play so I can validate if I love him or not. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I'm getting antsy. It's really tough. I've been having a lot of Jack Miller versus Anthony Richardson arguments with oh, some God. of my pals. Who, which pals? Well, uh, you know, we don't need to name drop them, but I think come. you have a good idea. Let's spring come. Maybe Jack Miller's really good. I don't know. But if that scenario would play out. I think Anthony should win the job. I think Anthony will win the job. I think Anthony's the far more talented quarterback. But it's like I have no idea what or who Jack Miller. I don't know if he's good That's the thing. People are I only saying like, Jack Miller's going to start because he's a white quarterback from Ohio State who exactly. wears the number nine. <laughs> exactly. That is the only <laughs> reason people want Jack Miller to start. It's, right. it's beyond me. And people will say, well, Anthony played terrible against the Georgia game. What about the tape he showed you against bad teams? And we'd be like, well, he couldn't start over Emory. Emory threw four interceptions against USF and FAU. Yeah, Anthony yeah. should have been starting in those games. Speaking of Emory, man's still here. Man's I, there's there's sponge, no doubt in my mind he's transferred. Sponge of information, man, is sitting in the front of the Danny Werfel spew that he had to give a couple week, a couple days ago when Danny Werfel came to visit and uh, had well, some words. Some, some, some I'll tell you one thing, and I told this to you guys. If, if Emory Jones turns out to be something... Dan Mullen's got to go back to school and get another degree. Dan Mullen should be arrested. He should be arrested. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, he, he already should have been arrested, but I'm saying it. But, okay, but now it's like, now I'm going to call the cops. When Damian Pierce has yeah, a thousand... When Damian, I might sue Dan Mullen. I might sue Dan Mullen. Well, open up a lawsuit. Exactly, because you spent money on tickets and he didn't live up to his end of the deal. Exactly. Yeah. Legit, that, I think you could you can make this real sabotage. Well, maybe if, if there's we know. could round up enough people to have a class action lawsuit against Dan Mullen, <laughs> one of which... We are about to bring on our first as guest, our first guest. Very exciting. Not the last guest. No. We're going to have no. a run of guests. We're trying. We've got some great guests coming. It's coming. It's, it's taken a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> we haven't really the tried. The I mean, the, I mean the first one we asked. We've been busy. We've been busy. We're, getting we're, we're one for yeah. one on asking. We are. We are yeah. no, technically two for two. Two for two. There's one more coming. We have another one waiting in the wings. Don't worry. And potentially a third. Don't worry about it. We're making money moves out here. But anyway, I'm excited about this first oh, one. Oh, yeah, we're excited. Let's we're all who it is. Um, you could break the news. Sure. Uh, Harrison Tenzer, Harrison954 of Gator Twitter fame. I've actually never spoken to him, but I've known who he's been on Twitter for we all years. Wonderful I, I, I've known who he is on Twitter for years. I was a fan. So I'm actually really excited I was a for fan this. just as a Twitter follower, and then I met him... Um, you know, once he transferred from Oklahoma to here, he's had an interesting path. You know, he he, um, I, we'll talk about it. But you know, he went to the high South school. Florida. Sauce. He went to high school in a in a hotbed of high school football. Became involved with his program there. Then went to the University of Oklahoma. Transferred to UF, making big moves. Let's get him talk. Uh, we're gonna call. Yo. Yo. Oh, is it headphones? It yeah, headphones oh, yeah, it's on headphones. It headphones, headphones on. Harrison, can you, Harrison, can you hear us? Uh-oh. <laughs> Harrison, can you okay. hear us? Yeah, was that loud? Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. You're good. We just had to, um, no, your, 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 your volume was good. Just had to put the headphones on. Harrison, welcome and won't back down. Good to have you, my man. Thanks for having me on. What's up, my boys? Yeah, it's good. You can't. Oh, they they can't hear you, so we're gonna have to. The headphones are not working for the other two, but they are working for me. So I can hear you loud and clear, but I guess they can't. So let's just try to figure out these headphones. The headphones in this room are just try these. The headphones it in this room are just such a hassle. Just, yeah. Are not great. So 
Hold on, wait, you might have to pause the show right now and then try to figure it out. So oh wait. no, I think we're good now. All right, you can you hear him? I I, I can hear you. Don't pause. Can y'all hear me? Honestly, oh yeah, don't yeah, pause yeah, I can this hear is you great though. podcasting. Wait. Okay, yeah, then we're not going to pause talk. it. This is unedited technical difficulty. Try these. Try these. No, Sorry. those those were the busted pair I was wearing. Oh, those are the busted pair. Oh, can you yeah. hear him on these? No. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess. <laughs> This, this this headphone situation is, is very poor, and we were apparently very prepared. For our first interview and our first guest of the Won't Back Down podcast it's history, it's an honor and a pleasure to have Mr. Tenzer on. Tenzer, uh, Mr. Harrison, how, how you doing, man? Yeah, you can. You do not have to call me Mr. Tenzer, Big Will. I'm, yeah. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm, I'm having a great day. The allergies in Gainesville are getting me tough here. So, um, <laughs> hold on. This is like... This is, can you, all right, let's, Liam and Kinnear, say something. Harrison, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm showing this midterm week, you know, just figured I'd take, I could use a few minutes to talk Gator football and take a good break, so figured I'd hop on. Of course, dude, yeah, so we um, just introduced you, talked a little bit about your background, um, you know, growing up in South Florida, becoming involved with big-time high school football down there, but tell our listeners a little bit more about how you, um, you know, are on the path that you're on. I know you had to overcome some adversity which led you to the situation that you're in now. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, I wrote um, for one of my classes, I just wrote a column about how like football and just being around football and in operations and stuff uh, really helped my anxiety. So my minors, my major is journalism, so I always plan to be around football and I'm probably going to get a double degree in sports management. So that's kind of how I've always wanted to help my anxiety and social media has really helped i've met countless people through uh you guys can call it gator twitter but it, for me it's like a family so that has helped me get to where i am today so i'm thankful for a lot of cool things coaches st thomas a lot of places that helped me get to where i am today at uf so go gators go gators and harrison this is sam Pitosa here we're a student-run podcast and we kind of pride ourselves on that so being at UF now, how has that enhanced your passion? How has that enhanced your work ethic? I mean, I know you've been doing this since you were a kid, but how is finally being here enhanced that? Because I know for all of us, it's changed everything. Man, man, like you said, it changes everything. Like the network you get at UF of people who want to help you just because you're a Gator or people who will hang out with you or will take you under their wing just because you're a Gator. It's, it's insane. It, it's, really, it's really cool to help, like, it's really cool to help career paths and the network you get at UF and it's, it's been unbelievable. Like I transferred in as a junior and I've only been there a semester. It's, it's truly unbelievable. The people I've met in like six or eight months. Uh, yeah. And you're at the best place to do it. You're at one of the best facilities in the Southeast. You're at one of the best journalism schools in the country. I mean, we're basically steps away from one of the best football stadiums in the country. Speaking of, I mean, I know this is a pretty f- shitty first football season to have at UF you want, oh to talk my God. About, <laughs> you want to talk about that for a little? Yeah, I mean, I got. I thought we were going to win nine or ten games last year. I had my concerns. Like, I think everyone else had their concerns with last year's team. But to go six and seven um, and see Georgia win, like, my first win at all my first year in the student was just absolutely brutal. Oh, man, that was brutal, especially considering I was at that game during the pandemic where we destroyed Georgia. And I think that was one of my favorite memories of college. 
Because I was that game was a full crowd, man. Even so, I mean, I was in the yeah. end zone where Kyle Pitts had that catch over Lewis Seen. That was one of my favorite moments. Where Lewis Seen like like destroyed his life. I well, heard that, that hit from my end zone, okay. which was the opposite side. I saw that too. Okay. I don't want to say that was a highlight, but no, yeah, I, I saw that too. The corner end zone catch. Okay, yeah, I was yeah, in the yeah, opposite end zone. The, tra- the Trayvon Grimes catch. Oh no, the the, the Kyle Pitts. The one. Kyle, they, yeah. they both were in the end zone. They were yeah. within like two minutes of each other. Yeah, you're right. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, for me, for me, my remembering that game was um it was the Grimes catch because obviously like I went to St. Thomas when Grimes was there and I I was cool with like all the Heritage kids from that class and the one I didn't the only one like I didn't really get along with was Tyson so that just made it extra sweet I was like oh okay I can push my agenda now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean you weren't here during Trayvon's reign but Trayvon was a menace on the UF bar scene oh my goodness oh Tra- you Tra- should Trayvon don't have to be there to know the stories like if, if the stories travel but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah wingo's kind of filling his role right now it's <laughs> and i'm playing i'm playing the fifth on that one anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you were at the university of oklahoma if i'm not mistaken for a couple of years before um you know before transferring to uf and so we were actually talking about your former coach a little bit uh in lincoln riley because the coaching carousel's back in the spotlight a little bit because Josh Pate, you know, who's all of our favorite college football analysts right now, came out yep. a couple months later with his ranking of um, the coaching hires for the offseason. So we're just going to talk about a, that a little bit, our thoughts on, um, I want to say, seven major openings, right? No, nah, there were eight, if you include Texas Tech hiring a high school football yeah. coach. Do we include te- is Texas Tech major? <laughs> we're calling know. Tech a major opening. Okay. I counted <laughs> seven. Sam Potosa counted eight. I. I include all FBS teams. 120, what is it, 130 I, now? Power 5 teams. Power Texas 5. Texas is in there, so. But um, are we all in agreement or no on who we have number one? Um, Pate had Cristobal. Oh. I'm not in agreement with Pate. No, nor am I. No, no. I have Lincoln right no. now. Yeah, nor, same. A++. plus plus. Yep. I think it, it'll go down as the best hire in college football in the past 20 years. Yep. Even, I, I don't want to liken it to Urban Meyer in 2011, but it's... I just you know the well, track well, records there. Well, you know the well, recruiting jobs there. On, last twenty, I mean Nick Saban. The okay, my bad. Yeah, that was a bad. Move. I was <laughs> really thinking that. Yeah, there's your number one. All right, fine. Number two, number one, Saban. Number two, Lincoln Riley. <laughs> what about? Oh, unless are we including Saban at LSU as well? So are we? Yeah, there you go. Those two. Those two. Uh, Saban, Saban, Lincoln. Saban, Saban, Lincoln. We'll go Lincoln at three. But yeah, phenomenal hire. You know the track records there. USC needs to be a powerhouse in college football again. He's going to put a wired wall around Southern California. I'm really excited for it to work out. And now he's got Caleb Williams too. He's got Caleb Williams. He's got all the athletes he would he ever needs. You know, out oh, in yeah. Southern California. Next year will be the year because they're going to have yeah coming off of a top five recruiting class, coming off another transfer portal cycle. I think next year will be the big year. And if it's not next year, year three has to be the year. Yeah, the year to see it on field, but you're already seeing it on the trail. I mean, oh my god, yeah. Some of those kids he took from Oklahoma to USC, um, Harrison. I'm sure you're familiar. Rayleigh Brown, just watching a little bit of his tape. Yeah, he's like I haven't wanted to say this, and I probably shouldn't be saying it really on a Gator podcast, but he's pretty close. Like his tape is pretty close to Percy's. Like I'm not saying I didn't want to say it either, but I was thinking it watching him in uh, the All American game. Yeah, like I was, I was at the All American game. I'm like, damn, this kid just. Like, he's not Percy. There will never be another Percy, but he reminds me of Percy. Wow. 
So are you in agreement with um, Lincoln being number one of the cycle? I, I mean, I'm not, after having a couple friends, like being friends with the team and being around it, I probably, maybe it's just because I know too much, but I'm going to say, yeah, Lincoln's one. I'm not high on it as Big Will is, like it's the best hire in 20 years. I mean, I've been on record saying USC is the best job in college football in the entire country because it's like right now, there's no one with a remotely with a remotely common in Pac-12. Like, there's no one that can even hang with them right now. Like, they're mm-hmm. the only competent school aside from Oregon, probably, and they have first pick on every kid from west from the west of Texas. So, I think it's the best hire. I think you'll see the quickest results from Lincoln with what he brings offensively and the portal and the level of competition he plays. But I don't think it's the best hire in 20 years that being said i still think he makes the playoff by year three i think yeah. out of any out of all of the hires in this cycle i think he's the only one you could say that where it would be a disappointment if they don't make it within the first three years well, lsu fans will say that about brian kelly LSU, but. yeah but their division's tough miami fans would have you <laughs> think they'll be there this season i know you harrison in particular are all too familiar with um kane twitter and their delusions but in Pate's rankings, he had Cristobal, too, which I don't necessarily agree with, although I I am pretty high on, on the hire. However, I think the advantages that Lincoln has at USC are a little better than what Mario's working with at Miami. I mean, both are sleeping giant programs in talent yeah. hotbeds. Obviously, in-state recruiting is a little tougher in Florida, given who you have to compete with. But um, he's building a hell of a staff there, and so I, I he's already surpassed some of the expectations I had from when they hired him. Yeah. Um, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I like Mario. I mean, his in-game management is honestly like we know what he brings off. That's what he's going to bring: good culture, mm-hmm. good strength and conditioning. He's going to win a lot of kids over, a lot of parents over. But the in-game management is is the question. Like, can Josh Gaddis be the offensive coordinator that was much better than Eugene Moorhead? Um, like, but, Mario's offense kind of, I don't want to say struggled, but maybe underperformed and didn't always look pretty at Oregon. So that's going to be the big thing at Miami. Um, but as a whole, I would probably put, and this isn't just me being a homer, I'd probably put Billy slightly ahead of him, just even though it's kind of hard to do these when none of them have really coached a game. Right, but, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Before you got on, Harrison, we were actually talking about it, like saying, I'm getting antsy. I just want Billy to play already because – all these people are just gushing over Billy on campus. I mean, I don't know if you were at that basketball Alabama basketball game where they all just started chanting Billy at halftime. <laughs> he couldn't even get a word out. But this fan base is just setting themselves up for heartbreak again if he can't produce. But I really hope he can, and I think he will. I'm just antsy to see it happen. I've been gushing since October, so if you think <laughs> you're antsy. I've been calling <laughs> since uh, the LSU I just loss. Say, I've been I want to declare it. I want to so. declare it the best hire of the cycle. I want to declare it a great move for the University of Florida, but – this is our fourth coach in the past 10 years. You, you can't, right. you just can't keep doing it after a while. I was talking to a Tennessee fan in Nashville when we were there this weekend. And, you know, he, he told me how much he thought of Dan Mullen when we hired him in the first couple of years. But I told him, look, man, are we really all that different? If you just look at the last decade in a vacuum, four coaches in a decade. Yeah, we've had more wins, but we're really not all that different than you are in that we keep recycling coaches. Essentially, but Tennessee's been doing it for the past 20 years. We've only been doing it for the past 10. 
I mean, the thing with Billy is, and this is why I'm encouraged, he seems to, if you look at the last, what is it, three, we've had three coaches before Billy since fire, Champ, Packwain, if you look at the last three, Mushchamp was kind of like on the job training. McElwain thought this was going to be like Bama when he got here, like down to the T and it wasn't. And Mullen just, Mullen should have known better, but he just was too arrogant. I think Billy, from what I've heard from people and since he got hired, is Billy understands, like Billy understands the job. And I know we said this with Mullen because Mullen was here when he won, but Mullen didn't do what it takes. Like Billy's, Billy has done a great job with like the Gator Collective and other companies, and he's done a great job like building a program. And I've talked to a couple of players; they both said he's much more hands-on than than Mullen was. Like he's at almost every workout, off-season event, unless he's recruiting, having a coaching clinic. So mm-hmm. I think it's not going to be an overnight success. Like Lincoln probably will be at SC, where they win. 10, 11 games, year one, including a bowl, and maybe make it year six. But with the commitment we're finally getting from boosters, administration, the NIL department, the staff budget going up, the new a whatever it is million dollar facility in June, this sh- this should work. Like this should really work, which is why I think we can say it's the number two hire of the cycle, and maybe and probably Mario is third. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm actually in full. I've I also had. Same top three as you, yeah, but um, mine's actually different. But what you were talking about, for me, it honestly it adds into the antsiness when you were saying it should work because if if this doesn't work, I'm what not will. sure what will because right, right, exactly. right. like you were saying, he's doing everything off field that you should do at Florida. He understands what it takes to win at Florida, which you couldn't even say about the previous three guys back in November you know, when we were you know talking about the opening. Um, I said the fact alone that we would pursue Billy would be encouraging because it would mean that the administration is finally buying in. And I think we're seeing that Strickland had the light bulb moment, maybe with the football program that he hasn't had with uh, the basketball program. Yet. And we'll, we'll get into that. As, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get into that a little later, but I, I read a Zach Ablaverde article yesterday. He had a feature on Billy Napier and there was a quote in there from Scott Strickland saying that he looked at it like he was an investor and Billy presented him with a business plan and he invested in Billy's business plan. And I really like that because Billy had it all mapped out. He knew exactly what he wanted to do for this program. He knew exactly what kind of people he wanted to bring in. He knew exactly the kind of player experience he wanted to have for the kids. And I think that's the most important part because you only have these kids on campus for three to five years. You want to give them the best experience possible so they can tell younger talent to come here so it can set a good precedent for others. I mean, we wonder why we haven't been recruiting to the level that the University of Florida should be. It's because the player experience is not where it should be compared to these other schools where there's build, they're building these palace of facilities. They're putting them up in these beautiful dorms. They're giving them this great food. I mean, and we're starting to do that on, I mean, the players are going to be living in the standard next year. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, for anyone who knows the UF campus that everyone, like I had people texting me what like, I had alumni texting me, how big of a deal is this? Who graduated like before the ceremony? And I'm like, that's the best thing any coach has done for our players probably in 10 years like it's not close like you're living at the standard and then you have 24 7 access to food from the from the football from the new football facility that opens i think it's i think they're on track for june now so like by the time napier's first full class hits campus and first full camp the the players will be living in good accommodations and have every tool at their disposal and it will officially be renamed the gator standard 
Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never want to hear that UF future me or U future, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> I never want to hear the Gator standard again. Yeah, definitely. The Gator standard at um, at the standard at the. At the at the corner of university in 13. Yeah. <laughs> the Gator standard at the standards in parentheses. The standard is the standard. The legacy at the Gator standard at the standard. <laughs> the standard is the standard. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, my top five is actually a little different than your guys. I put Brett Venables at number two because I think timing is a That's huge. A good hire. I think it's a great hire, and I think the fact that they're going to the SEC, this is the perfect guy to take them to the SEC, a defensive-minded coach who can recruit well, who's willing to bring in an offensive coordinator to completely take over the offense. I think it's really going to work, and I think Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12 next year. Look, I, I agree with you. I think Venables was a tremendous hire, but the one thing about him that kind of worries me is he kind of looks like a robot. Yeah. And he kind of looks like an alien almost. And that, does it, does and it not worry can, can, I mean, can, can a head coach succeed at the level of the, that he's in in the Oklahoma while looking like he does? Well, he's a football guy. He looks like a football guy. Well, he looks more he like looks an alien. deranged. Harris, well, he looks like he's on crack. Well, I guess that's probably, maybe, that, maybe it's a good thing. The, uh, the intro picture that they they posted on their Twitter to introduce him. It looks like him. a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I'm not sure that he wears was, all those like nylon hats too. I still can't decide if that was a red flag that they did that, that he didn't ask them to retake that picture or a great thing because like screw it I don't I don't care how crazy I look I'm gonna go recruit good players and win football games. It's all part of his chip malfunction. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I got Venables at two. I gave it an A minus. I went Mario at three just based off the staff hires. I mean he got the Broyles Award winner and Josh Gaddis. I think it was an objectively good hire, but like Harrison said. Some of his in-game decision-making has been questionable. I mean, for Pete's sake, he had Justin Herbert at the University of Oregon. He made Herbert look bad sometimes. With yeah, some of his play he, he, made, he made me he and made the, the Miami, Miami Dolphins, Dolphins want to, to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I blame Mario So the city of Miami should hate him just for that. Wow. But I, You know, I never heard it put that way. But that, that's a great point. It really it's is. It's a spin zone right there. <laughs> Mario Cristobal's fault. Um, and I do have Marcus Freeman slightly ahead of Billy, too. Not even for just Marcus Freeman himself, just for keeping Tommy Reese in Notre Dame. Farron, he's still, correct me if I'm wrong, they've still, uh, for the 23 cycle, ranked one or two, right? Oh, my God. And the recruiting at Notre Dame is about a skyrocket. And Kelly was doing well in his final year's recruiting, but Freeman is an amazing recruiter. And same as Tommy Reese, too, if he keeps him there for a while. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I got Billy at five, which it should be. You could really interchange Mario, Brent, Marcus, and Billy Napier. Those were all good hires, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think most of the hires in this cycle were really good. I mean... I hate, Every yeah. cycle, it kind of feels like that. Though. You're right. That's no, it thing. does. But I, I think Brian Kelly. Out of the seven that possible. we're discussing, there's a very good chance that at least the three of them don't like, work out at all. That's just my math. opinion. Is the, the two that are like the most questionable were, but and I still think Brian Kelly and LSU works. I don't think like I think we may have over we had jumped the gun on that not working at the very beginning. I think that ends up working out. But the one I really don't understand is Dan Lanning to Oregon. Like that's the one I really just don't understand. It's interesting because it's interesting because they had a whole you know program identity crisis kind of when they fired uh, not sorry not fired Mario but when Mario left there was a whole you know strife in um, the fan base and alumni as to what kind of guy we should go after should we go you know stick with the Mario you know more hard nosed build in the trenches kind of guy or should we go back to you know Oregon you know offensive fast paced they chose. You know, to stick um, 
you know, they went with a defensive guy from the South with recruiting prowess. But um, Mario was a unique case in that he, you know, say what you want about his on-field coaching, but he is an unbelievable recruiter, somehow was able to yeah. convince kids to go out to the Pacific Northwest. Dan Lanning's recruiting abilities, um, they're going to be tested, right? Because he was backed yeah, now you by... Go against Lincoln. He was, and, well, he was backed by being at the University of Georgia, which right, is right. probably the easiest recruiting coach in the country. Right? So... I don't know. I'm I'm on record for calling the Dan Lanning hire you to did. the University you of Oregon, did. actually. I'm not super it, thrilled with his offensive coordinator hire, either. He took Dillingham from FSU, which doesn't really... Yeah, really that didn't really excite me. He, I have him at seventh right before Joey McGuire, but we're not really considering Texas Tech, so I guess Dan Lanning last. Yeah. There's one more thing I wanted to go back to, though, but um, Harrison, you were you know at University of Oklahoma for a couple of years. No... More probably more than we do about what it takes to win there. The ins and outs of the football program. What are what are some of your thoughts on uh, the Venables hire? I mean, Venables kind of does everything well that Lincoln didn't do well um, since he got hired. The strength conditioning improved tremendously. Uh, there's more. I've heard from a few of my friends. There's more accountability. Like the culture at OU the last year was disastrous. It basically became. Like the quarterback, everyone knows about the quarterback situation, but the defense was unhappy. There was no accountability. It was like every man for himself. And the fact that they even won 10 games last year, it felt like a minor miracle, but it also felt underachieving because it was the most balanced roster Lincoln had, Lincoln had at OU in his five years there. So I'm excited for the Venables era. Um, you just got to keep Jeff Levy around because that's the key. Um, like when Dabo hired Brent at OU and Clemson, he hired him. He's like, all right, I don't want anything to do with the defense. The offense, the, the defense inside of the ball is all yours. And it's kind of now the opposite. Brent Venables learned from that. And he just said, all right, Levy, the offense is yours. You handle everything you got to do. Do whatever you want. I'm not touching it. And so. I think you're going to see real payoffs in year one because Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel. Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel were together at UCF when Jeff Levy was still at UCF under Josh Heupel. I think you're going to see real it, dividends right away because they still have a lot it, of their receiving core too. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad um, it's not a bad stopgap, and obviously OU is going to win year one and year two. But they're they made this higher for when they moved to the SEC in twenty five. They're they're fine with doing whatever for a year or two, and then as long as they're fully prepared and look like an SEC team, they're happy. And right, that's why I said I thought Venables was the perfect hire for them because a smash mouth football guy to get you into the yeah. SEC. Perfect guy to have for a transition like that. And y'all don't think Nick Evers can beat out Dylan Gabriel? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard from a trusted source that they took Dylan Gabriel because they did not want Nick Evers. Oh, yeah, they did. They didn't want to deal with Monica's tweets. No, anyway. it's, it's via Monica. I well, I mean, don't they have to deal with them now, though, if he's going to be the backup? Monica probably stormed into Levy's office already, like five times. Yeah, I need to. I need to sit Monica down and tell her no mean tweets. But anyway, <laughs> put a QAnon hat on and stormed into the storm the athletic department office. Um, so speaking of recruiting, you know Nick Evers, it is recruiting season, as Dan Mullen would say. And one more thing we wanted to talk about with you before we let you go is um, your involvement with some of the seven on seven stuff down in South Florida. So tell us a little bit about that. You're involved with uh, Express, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So. My bad. I've been involved with Express for um, for about three or four three or four years. They've always they treat their they do seven on seven a little differently. Like they don't really 
didn't really give it. Obviously, winning matters. And it's fun and it looks good and all that. But they didn't really give it as much of a damn of winning tournaments as everyone else. They just happen to do it because they're good. Um, so they they started treating me like really well. Like I said, when I was like I just did video and volunteered and showed up at practice and they treated me like I was part of the team. So I was like, all right, that goes a long way. And I realized they started doing that with um with all their players and all that. So they they I think they're like thirty one at one point they were like thirty one and one this year. They've won three <sighs> tournaments. They're yeah, they're disgusting. Like this is one of the best teams they've had. They've got Brandon Ennis, five star wide receiver, um Ray Nathaniel Joseph, Ray Ray, Santana um, mm-hmm. Fleming, Colonel Tate, Cormani. Everyone knows who Cormani is. He's probably listening to this show. Um, Hopefully. They, Hopefully. Yeah, they might have, yeah, they might have Tony Mitchell coming soon. They might. Um, they also I still say they have Hakeem Williams. Um, they're just they're just really good. They're just really fun. It's a great group this year. Um, they've gone to Chicago. I think they come to Houston in two weeks for a tournament they'll actually be in the swamp stopping by they play a tournament in Tallahassee I think the 5th which is next weekend and on the way back they're all stopping to uh, meet meet Napier and get a quick little tour of the, uh, the football facility to the, see the pictures see the new facility and check out the stadium so I'm, ex- I'm excited for, for all the kids to get that experience next week and that right there is awesome because I don't think that's something that would ever happen with them all no no. I mean, it, it, it happened, but it just be like, okay, like, show up. Like, I'm sure these kids are going to be like, oh, like, Kerry Colbert wants, like, Brandon Smith is like, Kerry Colbert wants me, period. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's blatantly known. Like, he's like, like, so I'm excited for them to get the experience and hopefully be back individually more throughout the spring in their junior and senior years. Mm-hmm. And on the topic of recruiting, I just want to get your thoughts on the 2022 class and moving forward towards 2023. Which was what we just had, right? Yeah, 2022 is what we just had. Yeah, chosen few 2022. Yeah, so, it was. Yeah, it, so it did end up being a few. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Um, overall, I think the fact that I mean, we were all. I mean, let's be honest. How many of you guys were panicking when we had the slew of decommitments in like two days? Like probably all of you, were you all like freaking out? Like, yeah. oh my god! Everyone. It was it was for me. It was a, it was a mild panic, but it was it wasn't a panic. It was more just like, oh, well, know, this happens. We're gonna take some lumps. Yeah, I, I mean, I was you know fully head over heels for Napier at that point. So I was like, you know, the if, casual, if to me, well, well, to me, the, then, the decommits were all like, I did, I no longer cared the moment we got Kamari Wilson. No, yeah, that changed everything. But the casuals were quaking. Oh yes, Nick Evers and um, Jaden Gibson. I mean, I wasn't thrilled. Them. Yeah, of course I it sucks. To I'm get gonna be I wasn't thrilled with the Evers thing. I wasn't mm-hmm. thrilled. The only one I'm really bummed about that Napier Wallace was Gibson just yes. because I think it was I yes. think he was really good. But other than yeah. that, if you look yeah. at it, the kids that left went to like Lightfully went to Georgia, prayers up for him, by the way. Um Bird ended up as the last one to take at OU. Mm-hmm. Chandler Smith, Bad Dean went to Georgia. Um there's one more that uh, Terrence Kidd signed with Georgia Southern. Nolan signed with Syracuse. So, like, at the end of the day, are they Florida caliber players? Maybe. Maybe down the line, but that's not what Florida should be. So, the fact that he went from 79 to 20 or 79 to, 6, 79 to 16 
at one point and got uh, Kamari Wilson already enrolled, McClellan already enrolled, Devin Moore already enrolled. All, all, all of them are All-Americans. Added it on All-American running back. Got Shamar James to come back away from Georgia and Alabama. Kept Leones. Added, added a couple nice pieces. And really hit the portal well. Um, Osiris Torres was going to be a day one starter here. Yeah. Yep. Kimber might be CB2. Montrell, running back 1A, running back 1B. And you added depth at quarterback with Jack Miller. I mean, the expectation is Anthony's probably going to start, but he, with the injury concerns we've had over the last year and a half, it's not that apt to all back up. So. You're right. And Overall, that, for, a tra- for a transition class, I didn't think – I don't think you could really do much better. <laughs> and the thing about a transition class is that if you look at um, some of the ones that have succeeded, right, like Urban's, um, even even the one that Saban took, it made 2007, was it? You need four or five guys who are going to really, really be contributors. And if I had to put money on it, I, th- I think we did get that. I think McClellan, Kamari, um, Devin Moore, and then who was it? I like, I like did, Pyburn. Did you want to count the, yeah, Py, I like Pyburn. But like, even if you want to look at, um, like, going back to looking at Georgia's transition class, like, they had Nico Hardman playing on Sundays, played in the national title. Jacob Eason was a success. Ben Cleveland was a success. Elijah Holyfield was a success. Riley Living, all those, John Wims. Mm. I'm just going looking at it now. Like, all those guys played in the national title, but in Kirby's year two and we're starting. So for a transition class, like you said, you need three to four, three or four guys. And I think they have that with Kamari. I'm all in on Devin Moore. That kid's smarter than me. I'm yeah, not going to lie. I think under, um, underrated. Yeah. So like, I think you have like Kamari, Devin, Shamari, your three foundational pieces. And then you add, um, and then you add McClellan, Pyburn, Leones, And if one or two of the rest, Pans out to be real better than we all think, along with the transfers. It's a, it's a successful class. Yeah, exactly. You go back to the I'm looking at the 2006 one right now. That, or I'm sorry, 05. Um, 06 was was the bump class that obviously, hopefully we have a similar one this cycle in 2023. Get Cormani McLean, a couple of those guys. But yeah, Urban Meyer's transition class again. It, it's four or five guys who really really contributed, and so yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll see, and it's a lot. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us today, Harrison. Is there any last thoughts you want to get out on the airwaves? I actually had one, um, more, I had one more question. Yeah, hit me. Any any crystal balls for some any of those uh, SoFlo Express kids? Um, I'm not gonna give you a crystal ball for the Express kids That's because fair. they'll get mad if I if they if they'll get mad if I do. But I will give a crystal ball for a kid from Berkeley Prep. I'm not gonna say his name. Okay, the edge. But, yep. yep. Yeah. Um, one other thing I want to say, college kids, if you want a better product, it's six. it starts at six bucks a month. Check out the Gator Collective. It's two drinks at Fast. It's one cover and a shot at Fast or Rowdy. Six starts at six bucks a month. Um, money goes towards the athletes, and which can help bring us better players soon. So drop a subscription. Uh, they're doing great things. They take really good care of the athletes, and they're trying to help bring Gator football back to what it should be. Mm-hmm. And Shame you can go blood. around and tell everyone that you're a booster. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. You can tell everyone. <laughs> I'm a Gator booster. I made this team better. Well, Harrison, thank you so much. We'd love to have you back on always. If you ever want to stop by the INC and come up and talk with us, you know you're always welcome. Thanks, man. 
I appreciate y'all, boys. I'll see y'all soon. Thanks, Thanks, good luck on your exams. That was Harrison Tenzer, who's a Twitter name. Big time Twitter guy. That was a really good conversation. Really enjoyed hearing his thoughts. You know, I, I don't talk to Harrison too, uh, uh, too much, but it is always he always has interesting points, and he always yeah he says he, he hears stuff and he he talks to good he does. people. I mean, he's a similar kid to the three of us in here, but he's got a lot more you know connections. Yeah, he does have a so lot of connections. I wasn't expecting him to give me a crystal ball for any of those kids. Yeah, it was worth a try. But he he's an insider, so you know it was yeah, worth a shot. Exactly. So very good conversation. I think we get Cormani McLean, by the way. I do as well. I really hope we do. Yeah. I really hope we do. And I hope we get Tony Mitchell as well. Hopefully, um, Mr. Hedler keeps working on that. and uh, <laughs> get, get, let, let him ride to the swamp and, and check out our, our, uh, our Zeta oh, date function, our Zeta uh, socials. I'll never understand that. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> make much sense. I'll never understand that, yeah. It really it's is. So I asked funny. him the other day. It's he said, so no, funny. He, he doesn't, he he doesn't even know, right? No, it's, it's, <laughs> it is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and, I'll explain for listeners that don't know. Out of all people, he's such an unassuming. Yeah, one of our just kid. random friends. <laughs> yeah. Kid, I mean, yeah, really know, nice again, kid. Just just a random, kid. just a random just Jewish a kid. kid, and he gets uh, a follower follower request from Tony Mitchell, five star cornerback, five star cornerback from, 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 right? from Alabama, from, twenty class of twenty twenty three, and so then Hamler decides to DM him and say, you know, what's up, and then. They start texting, and all of a sudden now Tony Mitchell wants to come and hang out with Sam Hendler. So that's that's what's <laughs> – so he did visit Gainesville. I think they met each other a, a couple of weeks ago in Gainesville. And he, uh, I think he might have wanted to, or wanted to come to our, our, fun, our, our social with DG, but I'll tell you what, man. He, he, that would have made him not come to you. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're it's right. like a buddy comedy, like uh, Hendler and Hendler and Tony. Yeah, it's like the, the odd couple. Like, uh, the odd couple. Well, it's gonna be a f- it's gonna be a fun recruiting trail, you know, next year in in December and February for this 2023 class, which I have I high expectations for, and I think there's a lot of a lot of those top guys, specifically secondary guys this year, that um, could hopefully make their way through the Billy train and into Gainesville. Yeah, so. there's three five star corners who were heavily heavily in the running for AJ right. Harris, right. McLean, and Tony Mitchell. Right? And Harris, I think, will probably be the first. To commit, actually, I, I agree, to predict. Yeah, yeah I, I, K- Katie's got that one he on locks. Between between Katie, Sam Hendler, and Billy Napier, I yeah, think. maybe all three. And Jamar yeah. Chaney, players. Mike Freeman put out. Uh, he said he talked to a bunch of coaches in South Florida, and he said one thing that really stood out to him is that they players and coaches alike love Jamar Chaney. They love Jamar Chaney, and they also said, "Don't sleep on Notre Dame's influence in South Florida right now, too." Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Also, don't sleep on the Won't Back Down podcast. Yes. We just had our first guest. And that was Saps fun. up to that. That was fun. They, they, and again, look, we've got some good ones coming, too. We do. Had a little bit of a technical difficulties with the headphones to start. But I think we should leave that. We're going we're gonna to leave it up. I think it was it, it was, was good. It's, it's yeah. It's real. We're just, it's, that's, it's, it's that's the, what you listen for. Yeah, right? that's, what, that's, that's what podcasting Keep is. It's where we're just real technology. You know, this is Maloney on the fly sometimes. And I think we should have the headphones a little bit better prepared. I, I don't think I realized that you have to listen to the headphones to hear him. But we got them ready. We got them working. Yeah. And I'm not a technology guy. Yeah, I, I had to figure it out on the fly. Got it to work. And... We're ready. We had a great interview, and we're ready to keep it rolling with some more guests as the weeks and months A little bit continue. of a schedule for Won't Back Down moving forward. We're going to try and get you guys an episode next week. It's not going to be on Friday because we actually have spring break. Me and Big Will are taking our talents to south of the border in to the Viva La Mexico. To the Coon. We're going to the Coon. Uh, we're going to Cancun. Hopefully we come back in one piece. Hopefully, uh, I hope so. 
The cartel does not get to us. But be good hombres, please. We will be good hombres. We get back. It's March Madness. We actually have a great segment planned for you guys for March Madness. Maybe we'll even get a college basketball guest on here to talk a little bit of tournament Why basketball. Not? Why not? Unfortunately, there's going to be That's no... That's your neck of the woods. That, that actually is my neck of the woods. I can maybe work on that. Um, <laughs> there's going to be no Gators in the tournament, though. That sucks. Well, there will be in the women's tournament, so we have that. I don't know, dude. We lost to Vanderbilt. I mean, we're going to make the tournament, right. but we lost to Vanderbilt last night. Yeah, we'll make the Kelly tournament. Ray is kind of stumbling a little bit. Well, she, okay. Well, she lost by one point to a really good LSU team on the road. Can't be, can't fall. And Kiki got, Kiki Smith got hurt at the end of the game. And then you have a tough loss to a bad Vanderbilt team. It happens. What are you going to do? It's a long season. Yeah. Should we, do we talk about the Dolphins for a second? Uh, you know, I'm still waiting on the internship thing. I don't want to, I don't want to make any more comments before. Oh, yeah, before. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never again. Never again. Yeah, That's, yeah. That segment is dead. Yeah. No, it, it's dead until like either, well, I guess if I get it, it's really dead. If I don't get it, it's alive. It's alive and well. It's we alive have, and well. We have a lot to say. I have positive things to say, though. So Pats are dead. It's po- all, everything I'd have to say is positive. So I, I could just be the Travis Wingfield here and just say Mike Daniels great. And they've had, all I'm going to say is that the staff that has been hired by Mike McDaniel is light years better than the staff that Brian Flores had, similarly to what Billy Napier has yes. done in comparison to Dan Mullen. So I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm living life right now. I'm oh, a, yeah, I, I'm I love the good. staffs. I'm all good and ready to go. I, I, love, I love Frank Smith. Yeah, no, Frank Smith was going to be a good OC. Wes Welker, tremendous hire. You're bringing Pat Sertain, Sam Madison to help that secondary. I'm Still, excited for Welker to run routes against Madison and Sertain. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm wow. excited. Wow. I'm just excited. The thing that I am most excited for next year is to see how Jalen Wada looks in this offense. I can't wait. I can't wait. Also, I think they might go permanently to the throwback at some point oh, because boy. they've been they've been wearing the throwback stuff a lot mcdaniel and his yeah, tom garfickle ceo he always cooks it up sometime in july he'll announce something hopefully in which we maybe get that rolling we'll see we'll hopefully see. hopefully you'll meet him and pass along a message if i get the internship i will meet him but that's and you, you remember my message for him correct? i know the message we, we will not say the message over the airways but yes. i do have a message for tom okay. garfickle okay all righty another great day of won't back down yeah man we're not backing down we'll see you guys soon fins yep. up Thank you for listening to the Won't Back Down podcast with Will Levinson, Sam Patosa, and Jake Lehman, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network.